We're going to look at a story today, and it gives us the heart of how Jesus loves or views children. And there's, there's some contrast going on in this story here. So we're going to talk about that. And then also in this story, there's a great truth about salvation that is brought up uh, through this, uh, this story. So um, just uh, four verses here as we look at um, Mark chapter 10. Let's read verse 13. Mark chapter 10, verse 13. It says, And then they brought little children to him, and the him is Jesus, that he might touch them, but the disciples rebuked those who brought them. You see what's happening. He brings the children to Jesus, but the disciples rebuked the parents, rebuked the children. Verse 14 begins with, But when Jesus saw it, he was greatly displeased and said to them, little, Let the little children come to me, and do not forbid them, for of such is the kingdom of God. Surely I say to you, whoever does not receive the kingdom of God as a little child will by no means enter it. And he took them up in his arms, laid his hands on them, and blessed them. And he blessed them. Jesus blesses children. Interesting story. It's not insignificant, it's very significant. It gives us the heart of God towards children. And then there is a great truth about salvation. Now notice again, as we go back to verse 13, it says, then they brought little children to him. And of course, this is the parents. And it could be other adults, could be an aunt, uncle, could have been a grandparent. But they bring the uh, children to Jesus. And this was done on purpose by the parents. They heard that Jesus was here. They were excited about Jesus. And now listen, in their heart, they were convinced this would be a really good thing for my child or my grandchildren or for my niece or my nephew or for my neighbor kids to know who Jesus and meet Jesus. Parents were convinced that their children must meet Jesus and be blessed by him. This was something that was burning in their heart that they were willing to do this. You know, in, in the culture at this time when Jesus and, and, and in the, what we call church culture or uh, Jesus and, and uh, tradition uh, from the Old Testament even into the New Testament, it was a tradition at the time of Jesus that the fathers would bring their children to the local synagogue, okay? And where the elders would join the father in prayer a blessing. And a traditional prayer would be something like this, that they, the children, would be famous in the law. Otherwise, they would be known that they were pe people who were students of the law, faithful in marriage, and abundant in good words. And so they would say prayers wrapped around those three points. The father would lay hands on the children's head and, uh, and on the child's head, and the elders in the synagogue would surround them, and they would bless the child. It was a special event very important to that child's life and to that parent's life as they would pray and bless us. So it was nothing new when these parents wanted to bring their children to Jesus. The only thing, it wasn't just a nun in the synagogue. But I think these parents recognized who Jesus was and knew the value of placing their children in front of Jesus. Now, folks... We kind of continue, um, not kind of, but we do kind of continue this, this uh, tradition. We call it um, dedicating our children to, to God. 
It doesn't have anything to do. It doesn't save them. But, but we come, all three of our children, um, Lauren, Cody, and Hannah, as a baby, right after they were born, we brought them before the church and we had the church to pray over them. And the pastor uh, would pray over them and, and they, would, they would pray and they would bless that child. And we would dedicate that child and we did dedicate that child to Jesus Christ. It was very special for us, something that we could draw on many times in our life. And sometimes we have to say, God, they're your child. We dedicated them back there. So you deal with them, God. We had that to draw on. <laughs> if you ever want to do that for your children, I encourage you to write that on the connection card. We'd love to have a prayer of dedication and dedicate your children to Jesus Christ. Doesn't mean that they're saved. Doesn't mean that, you know, they have to come to know Jesus Christ as their Savior, but it's dedicated. We're giving them, Lord, Lord, we want you to call them into the kingdom of God. We want you to bless their life. And so here these parents had this desire. Now, notice the response of the disciples. And, and the disciples said, re, the disciples rebuked those who brought them. Now, this word rebuke, if we were to take a study of this word rebuke, it is an intense word. It's not like, you know, okay, guys, uh, you know, go, go away from here. No, this was intense. This was an attitude that, that came out that was very strong, that they were opposed for the parents to bring the children to Jesus. Now, if you know anything about God, you know about Jesus, this, this was against who Jesus was, who God was. And, and as we think about what were the disciples thinking about opposing these children to come to Jesus? Perhaps this, this, they, they thought that, well, Jesus should spend more time to the important people, the leaders, the people of influence to improve Jesus' position. Maybe this was it. Maybe they were in conversation and there's this so-and-so of the community and here's the leader over here and here's this person of influence and we need to spend some time with those because Jesus is going to help your position and, and the kingdom of God is getting ready to be ushered in and this would be so helpful to, to the kingdom and to the cause. <laughs> now stop and think about this. Who was Jesus? He was God manifested. How can you improve the position of God? You can't. And here Jesus, he, Jesus is wanting to speak to, to children and it happened to be those who needed him most, these children. They needed the blessing. They needed to have this meeting with Jesus and Jesus was willingly open to receiving them. I think Jesus who came to serve to others, especially those who are most needed. Disciples were thinking about these important people who could help them and, and bless them and use uh, them to furtherance their ministry. And Jesus wasn't, wasn't seeing that. And Jesus said to, the disciples said not to bother Jesus and literally in a position, they stood between Jesus and the children. You get the scene here? 
The parents are coming over here. They're excited. They're going to meet Jesus. And oh, they can't wait. And this is going to be good for them and good for their children. And they're waiting. And Jesus is over here willing to receive them. And the disciples step right in between them and says, no, I don't want you to meet. No, Jesus got more important things than these children. There are other things. And these are just to be a distraction. These are things. This is not important. Of course, it was to Jesus. What a terrible position to be in between Jesus and the children. You know, I don't ever want to be in that position. God help. God help us as a church to ever be and do anything that would cause us to stand between children coming to Jesus Christ. Help me as a parent or as a grandparent. Help me never to be in a position where, where it caused um, my, my opposing my children, my grandchildren come to Jesus Christ. Help us never to have ministry that would oppose for children to come to Jesus Christ. Let's go to verse 14. It says, but when Jesus saw it, he was greatly displeased and said to them, let the little children come to me and do not forbid them, for such is the kingdom of God. Now, here's, here's the great example, uh, great proof that Jesus is bringing out about salvation. And there are two points that I'd like to make with this. I think it's modeled here of this childlike faith that we can learn. All right, this is important. First of all, when a child feels love, like they did with Jesus, they trust and follow in obedience. That's true, isn't it? A child can follow an adult even when they don't know all the answers and they just trust the adult that they got it. As a believer or as a person coming into the kingdom of God, listen, you don't have to and you will not understand all about the mysteries of the universe. There's no way that we will understand everything about God and have all our questions answered when we come to God before we accept God. We won't. Here's what you need to know. You need to know that God loves you. He loves you. He loves you. You need to know that he has provided forgiveness of your sin through his precious son, Jesus Christ. And you get that, you get those two things, you get that, and you can come to God and, and follow him and trust him. So these children, they came to him, they, the parents trusted Jesus, and they laid, him, they laid their, their children in his laps. The second point here is, is that the fact that the children will receive, and they don't feel that they have to earn everything they get. The children are in a place where often they all, all they can do is receive. You know, when, when a baby comes into this world, this is baby 101, when a baby comes to the world, all they, all they, they can do is, is lay there and let whoever take care of them. Change their diaper, feed them, change their clothes. They, abs they do absolutely do zero of earning favors so that the mother would do something for them. You see what I'm saying? A child comes into this world 
most needy, weak. Luke says in, when in this passage of scripture in the book of Luke, he uses a, 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 a Greek word that has the idea that these, there were some infants there. They, they were very small babies. And you can imagine there's this, there's a baby coming and is laid into Jesus's arms. And that baby is laid in Jesus' arm and Jesus responds by blessing. Now that baby didn't earn any favor, didn't do anything to, to deserve that blessing. Zero. Of course, here's the point. When we come to God, it is all by the grace of God. It is not by our earning, by our performance. We don't come to God and say, God, you know, I'm going to demand my rights because I've earned this position. I've earned your favor. I've earned this grace. I've earned this. I've performed this. God, and so I am expecting it because of what I have done. God says, no, a child comes before, God, uh, uh, before Jesus and didn't earn it at all, and he received the blessings, and this is what God expects of us And when we come into the kingdom of God. Verse 16, and he took them up in his arms, laid his hands on them, and he blessed them. Jesus simply yet powerfully blessed them. This, this blessing is, is a fervent blessing. It's not a light blessing. It is, a, it is an intense blessing that Jesus pours out on these precious children. I don't know what Jesus said. But I could just see the scene here. The disciples go back over in the corner. The parents bring the children forward. Maybe a mother lays an infant or a two-year-old into the lap of Jesus. Put the children around him, and maybe Jesus touches each one of them by their head and prays over them and blesses them. I don't know what words he said, but I imagine that it was, it was something like, Heavenly Father, God, Father, this is a child. And, and prayed for them. And, and maybe he went along the tradition of praying for them to, to have good works in their life and to live a good life and have a good marriage and to know the law. Maybe he, he did follow those traditions, praying for them. He prayed for them. What kind of results do you think that had on that child? We don't know. We don't know the impact that it made for that child. We are unsure of, of, of where that child, I think that's going to be a beautiful thing when we get to heaven. And God is going to reveal these children and we get to meet them. And this is, this is so, you know, this person, maybe he grew up to be one of the missionaries. Maybe he grew up to be one of the elders in the church. Maybe he, he was a, 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 or she was a mother who, who uh, had many children and every one of those children came to love Jesus as well. We don't know, but I believe that that was a, that very prayer, that blessing from God himself, from Jesus himself, impacted the rest of their life. I want to finish up with talking about how we can bless children. And let's look at this and follow 
Jesus and the way he blessed children, all right? So number one, let's, bring, let's bless them by bringing them to Jesus. Now, that's, that's pretty simple, is that we just bring them to Jesus. But let's not just say this lightly, but let's make this a priority of the children that are in our life. I don't know who children what are in your life, but I think it's important for us to get the intenseness of what the parents were wanting. They even had to go around some disciples. These are the disciples of Jesus. They had to go through that to get to Jesus. Let's make it a priority to bring our children to Jesus. Listen, Jesus is better than any Disney. Jesus is better than any little league. Jesus is better than any dance class. Jesus is better than any great education that you can provide for your children. Jesus is better than any, any popularity, the position that they can have in school or in our culture. Jesus is better for your children than all those rolled up into one thing. Jesus is better. Let's get our children to know and meet Jesus and learn about Jesus. Spurgeon said this of children. He said, it is especially important to bring children to Jesus when we remember they have a whole life in front of them to serve with God. He said this, will you be very angry if I say that a boy is more worth saving than a man? It is infant mercy, it is infant mercy on God's part to save those who are 70. For what can God, for what good can they do now with the burnt end of their lives? When we get to be 50 or 60, we're almost worn out. And if we spent all our early days with the devil, what remains for God? But these dear boys and girls, there is something to be made out of them. If now they yield themselves to Christ, they may have a long, happy, and holy day before them in which they may serve God with all their hearts. Who knows what glory God may have of them. Heathen lands may call them blessed. Whole nations may be enlightened by them. Let's bring our children to Jesus and see where God takes them in their whole life as he builds and grows in them and through them. Let's have the same intense attitude as these parents. The greatest thing that you and I can do is to be on, for a child is to be on purpose and bring them to know who Jesus is and have Jesus bless them by his daily presence. It's the greatest thing, my friend. Don't make this a mistake, parent. This is serious business for your children. We must get them connected with Jesus Christ. He is all they need. He will help them in the darkest points of their life if he is there. He will love them unconditionally like no one else can love them. He will strengthen them. He will give power to them like no other person. It's important for us to bring children to Jesus. And bringing children to Jesus is being missional. I like uh, what Paul says. He said in, in uh, Corinthians, he said and this, and I'm reading out the message. He said, I entered their world. 
and try to experience things from their point of view. Paul was being missional. He went into foreign countries, and then when he went into that country, he would look how they dressed, how they would eat, how their behavior, how their culture was, and as long as it wasn't, uh, you know, against God's word, against God or scriptural principles, he would adapt so that he could connect with people. He tried to experience things from their point of view. Remember preaching on the, on the on Mars hills and then he talked about all these different gods and then he talked about the one true God. Paul was good about that. I'm saying that doing things in order that the people you're speaking to should not be put off or should not and should and they should be able to identify with you. So we're talking about little people. We're talking about children. Let's have a ministry that when young families come into our church or when children come into our church, let's have a, a ministry that they can start identifying with. We don't want a ministry that is foreign to little people. We want to be missional in bringing little people to Jesus Christ. And so there's, if there's something that we can do that, that, that causes us to stand between children coming to Jesus, let's remove that as long as we're not breaking biblical principles so that they can come to Jesus Christ. Let's be missional about this. Say, God, what can we do to bring uh, the little people to Jesus? Number two, bless them by giving appropriate attention. You know, the disciples here and these children, they were over here and, and disciples meant the children to be peripheral. And Jesus said, no, no, bring those children right up front, right in here. I'm going to spend some time with them. I'm going to look them in the eye. I'm going to bless them. I'm going to pray. I'm going to spend some time with these people these little people, and Jesus did. I remember one time, and it happened, uh, sad to say, more than one time. I think it was my oldest daughter that did this, and I don't know if I was watching TV or something, but she was trying to tell me something. And she had this habit of, of if I was over here and she was right here, like where Michael is, she would actually grab my face and she would put her hands on my face and she would turn and she said, look at me, dad. <laughs> She's making the point. She wants my attention. She needed my attention. She wanted me to hear and listen to. Here's what I'm saying. Is that we want to bless them by giving and it's appropriate attention. We want our children to know that we're paying attention to them. Listen, I love it when I saw earlier today these kids running around and people were, you know, high-fiving them, you know, and giving them gummy beers and smiling. And some of them, you, you know their name. You know, I'm still learning some of the names. And, uh, you know, trying to learn the names and, and just make a connection with them. 
You see, there's nobody more important in this room than little children. You know, God loves us equally. He loves, he loves the oldest one in here. He loves the one that's farthest away from God and the one that lo- is the closest to God. He loves the, 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 the two-year-old, the infant one who cannot say anything, and he loves the, the, the greatest and most educated person in this room. He treats us on an equal basis, equal love. And when we have children come in, we, we don't um, put them over peripheral. No, we're doing things to make them like center, like having them check in. We get to make connections, have, have worship with them. I love you. This ministry here has grown. I praise God for your heart for doing this. You know, we have a, a preschool that teaches and, and, and brings Jesus in, into uh, the preschool. And we have, uh, now we have Mops. Katie is, is getting ready. She is now the new leader of Mops group, which we praise God for that. And uh, we're uh, excited about this. This is Cynthia's sister. Uh, and so uh, we're praising God for that. And uh, not only in the kids' club, and Tammy is stepping up to be the, the, the director of, of our kids' club, our children's ministry. And uh, we praise God for that. We are working to increase our love for these little kids. And we want to show an interest with them as, as much as Jesus did. Number three. We bless children by positive affirmation. You know, Jesus, whenever he was uh, healing somebody, and he was very, uh, had a pattern in his life that when he was, wanted to bless somebody or heal somebody, he would often, he would touch, not every time, but he would often, he would touch somebody. Now, the thing is that as we look at this in contrast, the Pharisees were against that. They would, it would like cringe. You know, it's like Howie Mandel trying to shake hands. You know, it was, it was a germophobia. I mean, they had a sinophobia. They would not, they would, oh my God, it would, it would just, the hair on their arms would stand up if they had to touch a child because of that child's polluting them. And here's what Jesus does. I'll oh, bring him. Dirty diaper, slobber, throw up, I'll bring it on. I'll love them right where they're at. That's right. (laughs) You know, Jesus, he touched them in an appropriate way, laid their hands on and then said words of affirmation. Before a word is spoken, there should be a, a, a time of just reaching out Acknowledging that person and presence. In the Old Testament, New Testament, it was appropriate. Conveys in powerful ways, nonverbal ways that are love and affirmation. And we shake hands with one another. Some of you hug. Even if we don't want it, you hug. (laughs) When we do this, we just express our love. And in in that context, is that we want to say words of affirmation expressing our love for it. And so, of course, with kids, this today in our culture, we definitely have to be appropriate. One of the things that I've learned to do is just high-five kids. That's a real safe way to just, with kids. 
and just high five them. You know, with this affirming words, these words are powerful. Words speak life or death. Proverbs tells, tells us you can speak a word that will cause that person to be discouraged, that will, that will haunt them for the rest of their life. Or we can speak words that will influence them, impact them, and affirm them for the rest of their life. Just a simple, do you know God loves you? Do you know how special you are? We're so thankful you are here. We, we love you. You are, are, God has got great plans for your life. Just those words are powerful. They speak life into that child. Children are like wet cement. Whatever falls on them makes an impression. Words you say, you know, I could imagine we could testify some things of even in your own life that you could stand up here and say, you know, somebody said this to me when I was a kid and it was very hurtful. And it's still impacting me and impressed upon me even still today as a 50 plus person. <laughs> Number four, we bless children by praying for them. The prayers of a father or a mother or certainly of Jesus makes a big difference in the lives of children. Cindy and I know that by experience. We prayed and begged God to work in our children's life, especially when they were away from God. And God did some wonderful things in bringing them back. Many a mother, grandmother, grandfather, father, pray for children and God has moved upon those children bless our children by praying for them pray for your children pray for the children they hear I have a list that I pray for most of you are on that list I pray for you and I have prayed for your kids as well let's pray for our children what do you think happened to those children Jesus blessed I think they turned out pretty good. I just have a, I have a, you know, uh, the evidence is still out, but uh, when we get to heaven, you're going to say, yep, uh, Pastor Gary, you were right. They did turn out pretty good, these children that were blessed by Jesus. I could see them going on, these parents continue blessing them by praying with those kids, teaching them about Jesus, bringing them to the worship. I could, see, I could see that parent, you know, uh, from then, uh, you know, they, they were continuing on exactly what Jesus was doing. I could see that. I could also see this. I could see a parent at the age of three or four, you know, the child was there, and, and, he, and the dad come home one, one day, about six months later after the story, and comes to his son or comes to his daughter and says, you remember that, remember when Jesus prayed over you and he touched you and, and, and he blessed you? You remember when he did that? Yeah, big old smile come on her face. Well, he died today. He died on the cross. And the little child would look up at the parents. 
Why did he die? So honey, he did the ultimate blessing for you and for me because he died for your sins and he died for my sins. I believe a conversation went like that someday, later on, that a parent had to explain why the one who blessed them so much had to die for them. And he revealed that great truth into their hearts. Let's bow our heads in prayer. I'm gonna ask the worship team to come up at this time. If you're here this morning, you do not know Jesus Christ as your savior. If you've not received the ultimate blessing that comes through the cross of Jesus Christ, he offers it to you right now. Just open up, say a simple prayer like, dear Jesus, Thank you for dying upon a cross for my sins. Thank you for giving me all the wrongs and evil that I've done. And when I die, take me to heaven. Not because I deserve it, because you have blessed me but by your grace, your amazing grace. In Jesus' name.